This is Dale Tempest, and you're listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fulham Focus podcast. My name is J-Mac and I'm your host for this evening. In this episode we will talk about the loss to Bournemouth at the Cottage with a decisively unoriginal 3-0 scoreline. We will then have a quiz and previews of our next games. But first, a big thank you to our former striker and now Skybet pundit Dale Tempest for opening the show. Dale broke through as a youngster and was part of Malcolm McDonald's promotion squad in 1982. He scored six goals for the club before moving on to our relegation rivals Huddersfield. But it was in China where he became a phenomenon and has a unique accolade of being kept by Hong Kong after playing and living in southern China for so long. Bizarre, brilliant and typically Fulham. The man's a gentleman and we couldn't salute him more. Thank you, Dale. Now, before we kick off, everyone from the Fulham Focus family give our deepest sympathy and thoughts to the victims' families of the Leicester City helicopter crash last Saturday. What Chairman Vichai did for Leicester shall never be forgotten and his ownership is the ultimate, ultimate blueprint of how to run a football club. Every football fan owes him thanks for making us believe that dreams can come true no matter who you support. Anyway, Morgan and Mark are with me. Let's start. Fulham. Right then, guys. You saw it. We saw it. Penalties, shambolic defending, wayward passes, dives, red cards, 3-0. I'm just going to dive straight in. And I will start with you, Morgan, sir. Starting with the lineup. What did you think when you saw this? I mean, was it a 4-2-3-1? Was it a 4-4-2? Was it a 3-4-3? I mean, what the fuss was going on? Uh, yeah, I kind of looked at it and I was like, it, it looks like 4-4-2 because that's what the app told me, I think. <laughs> uh, but really looking at the players that he picked, it could have been anything. I mean, it, I mean, you look at where uh, you had Scherler, Kamara... Sessignon, you know, that looks like sort of, you know, an attacking three. But then looking at the midfield, it was like, oh, no, that's going to be Kamara on the right, Sessignon on the left, uh, Seri and K-Mac in the middle, and then Schurler and Mitra up front. But oh, it was just, I don't know what it was really. But I mean, when I looked at the uh, defence, I was like, okay, yeah, okay. I'm good to see Fosu Mensah back, Adoy and Reem, they know each other. I would have preferred to have seen Mawson back there. Left back, uh, La Marchand. Um, yeah, I mean, I was fine with him. You know, he's he's not exactly inspiring, but he's he's okay. Um, Rico, very happy to see him uh, get a start. Um, you know, no offense to Betts, but I haven't sort of you know nothing is I've seen of him recently has uh, filled me with a lot of confidence. And I think certainly how many goals we conceded, obviously not all his fault. I think it's sort of it was about time to give you know this. This guy who came with a really good reputation, you know, it was a chance to see him play. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about him a bit later. But, you know, I think looking at the team, I was like, okay, I can see what he was doing with Kamara, uh, bringing him in. Um, uh, But I think, you know, again, we will uh, talk about this, but that didn't work. So in terms of the formation, could have been anything. In terms of the team, wasn't too unhappy from, uh, from that. Excellent. And Mark, anything jump out at you when you saw the opening lineup? For instance, I mean, Chambers was dropped altogether after, well, shambolic display last week. Um, anything that really stood out for you? Uh, the same as Morgan for me, really. You know, it, it, it kind of was a case of, you know, we knew it was going to be a completely different starting eleven for the umpteenth time this season. Um, so kind of working out the formation, I've, I've given up, really. Um, <laughs> does like, he, he likes to play his bingo with the team. So just let him get on with it. And, you know, you can only really judge the team on their performance. And, you know, we started on the back foot a little bit. So I, I was worried. I thought the, the selection of Kamara was, you know, odd. Uh, considering, you know, how much, uh, especially amongst the fans, we all see Kamara as, you know, a bit of a uh, rotation player. And, and a lot of the time, you know, we think, you know, he could be this player that could come into the side and give us something something different. But never really has he been discussed as, you know, a starting player. Hmm. Um, so I, I, was, I was a bit confused to see him in there. And like Morgan said, we'll probably talk about him a lot later on. But it, it it was again a weird one, but nothing that I didn't expect from Slav this season. I mean, we, we we're still looking for our best eleven, which you know, ten games into the season, it, it's not something you want to be saying. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because 
we have Mensah back in the lineup, and we're all crying out for him after the past few games when he's been missing. And we have him back, and he concedes a penalty. And I mean, I don't think this is much of a debate, but Morgan, was it a complete penalty to you, or do you think there was a slight bit of diving when, from uh, Callum Wilson there? No, I don't think I don't think Wilson dived at all. I think um, you know, Fosu Mensah came in. Uh, I think it was one of those that you look at it and they all oh, did he get a toe in the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the thing that sort of I found quite surprising was his reaction to giving it away. He sort of put up sort of, you know, half heartedly put his hands up in the air as if to say, no, I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he didn't even really sort of turn around to find out that the ref had given it. Um, and when he did, there was no sort of appeal. I mean, you know, as a professional footballer, your job is to appeal whenever a sort of a penalty is given. He just, the look on his face doesn't really change. It's almost as if he didn't realise that it had been given. He was just waiting for it to go for a corner. So, whether, I don't know, it was just strange. It didn't look like he actually gave a shit that he'd given it away, which, you know, uh, probably isn't the case, but he's, the uninterested level was quite high. And so, yeah, I mean, what can you do, really? It was a, probably a poorly timed tackle. Wilson had him beaten. Um, and then, to be fair, he didn't really sort of, Look particularly good for the rest of the game after that. Um, I don't know whether that sort of hit him a bit hard. You know, his sort of surges up the wing were somewhat few and far between. Uh, I know he had a shot and goal, which was about 20 yards wide, which wasn't particularly good. So, yeah, I mean, we had been calling him for him to come back. And now that he is, uh, do want something else. Yeah, and I mean, conceding a penalty was just the last thing, the last, last thing we needed for our confidence, especially for... Poor Sergio Rico, who's uh, making his Premier League debut. Mark, we were lucky enough to be just 1-0 down in the second half, and we looked like we could possibly get back into the game. Do you have any possible reasons why we didn't? What, what, why did we keep our heads down? I think it's, it's, it's quite clear, you know, we can look at ourselves um, to blame uh, for, 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 for keeping our heads down. Um, but you know you have to look at Bournemouth. They they they're up you know in the top ten for a reason at the moment, and and they're playing some fantastic football. And you know they move the ball quickly, and they're very much you know we're looking at Bournemouth as a side to kind of emulate. You know since they've come up, they've really established themselves, um, and they've done it with you know a fraction of the budget that we have. So I wasn't really looking at us too much to try and get back into the game. It was all about how Bournemouth, you know, reacted to going one nil up themselves, um, which is difficult to say when you're at home. Obviously, you want to be playing attacking football and you, you don't want to be on the back foot. But at times, you have to kind of dig in. Uh, and I don't think we did that well enough uh, on Saturday. I think, you know, um, I thought McDonald, you know, uh, he, he will get a lot of stick for his performance. Um, and he, he does, he plays like a crab. He goes from side to side all the time. There's not really much emphasis on on moving forward, and it it does invite pressure. Uh, and you know the back four, uh, however they tried to deal with it, they just couldn't come up against it. So reaction from going one nil down, I, I just think except for when Kearney came on and we had that little bit of a lift after the second half, I I just don't think we responded well enough. And and you look at our our front three or our front four as it were, um, and earlier on in the season you'd you'd have bagged banked on them to kind of to see us through and and you know Mitro didn't really have many chances at all and Sessegnon I thought was probably one of our best outlets uh, and when he got moved to left back I thought it was almost you know condemnation on on that kind of attacking flair we showed so again you know uh, tactical awareness and 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 joint with Bournemouth's you know blistering pace they've got on the counter uh, it, it just didn't help us did it? No not at all and I have to admit I think Sessegnon looked a bit slightly puzzled when he was moved to left back um so we're now in a situation where only four players have scored in 10 games so far. Uh, Mitrovic, Seri, Scherler and Sessegnon. Morgan, is, is this a problem, do you think, that only four of our players have scored? Or do you reckon that's just in the script for us? Well, I mean, if they'd scored 10 goals each, it wouldn't be a problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But realistically, you've got to be looking at more than that, just for, um, you know, a bit of variety in the team. I mean, there's only, only two of them have scored more than one goal. And so... You're going to look around the pitch and go, well, every other team has players that score goals. And it's generally those sort of relegation candidates where only a handful of players do. Uh, so I think we need to be getting, you know, uh, yes, we only play with one out and out striker. So fair enough, Mitro is going to be getting the majority of the goals. But we do have players that have the ability to put the ball in the net, um, especially at corners. You know, you've got to be looking at your centre backs to try and get at least one or two here and there. Uh, so I think we definitely need to be working on getting um, you know, our players into position that they can score, even if they're not you know, a striker or one of the forwards. OK, perfect. And 
Uh, Mark, you were saying, obviously, it was goes without saying, I was noticing that Mitrovic was starved of service and he has been for the last two games. Do, do you see this as a potential for Mitrovic starting to lose his rag a bit in the future? Do you reckon the old Mitrovic could start coming out a bit if he gets more assistance like this? Lack of, I mean. You know, I read a, a fairly interesting article uh, oh, yeah? last week now uh, comparing the Mitrovic of old to what we have now. Uh, and honestly, there isn't that much, you know, the, the, he, he's been given a bad name. Uh, the first four games he had for Newcastle in the Premier League, he got one red card and one yellow card. But since mm. then, in, in over 100 appearances across the league, uh, he really doesn't get that many bookings. And, and it's not so much a, a frustration um, that he that he gets. I, I, I don't think he's got that much of a temper on him. And and although, you know, we, we do see him get upset sometimes and he throws his hands in the air at the at the service every now and again. That's just what a good striker does. You know, he, he's not here to, to mess around. The strikers are selfish. They want the ball and they want to get it in the net. I don't think it's a reflection on, on how, you know, he, he feels as, as a member of the team. I think genuinely he just he just wants to help us as much as he can. I don't think it'll be a problem at all because I, I fully buy into the fact that that he came to this club with the, with the understanding of, of what his role was. You know, he's here to score goals. He knows full too well that he is the main man uh, and so I think it's just a reflection on himself that you know or frustration that he wants to you know go out there and, and be the main man and score the important goals so I don't read too much into it but I, I think he just wants to on a personal note you know improve every game and at the moment it's just proven difficult to do so. Sure and for lack of scoring goals we certainly don't have a lack of re- receiving them so Rico Morgan I want to go to you on this uh do you think he is an upgrade on Bettinelli overall? I mean, obviously, let's not count the penalty for a second. Let's count the other two goals. Was he at serious fault for both of them, do you reckon? No, I don't think he was at serious fault himself. I mean, obviously, the first, well, the second one went through his legs, but, you know, yeah. it was, you know, <laughs> no. it was, you know, we've all been there. Um, and the second one, it was a bit of, you know, a thunderous strike. Maybe you could say it was on his near post, but I think that's probably a little bit unfair. Uh, it was down to the defending, really. I mean, he was one on one. And they were clean strikes. You know, it's between the legs when you're one-on-one is just one of those unfortunate things if you try and make yourself slightly bigger. So I think it was hard to say whether he was an upgrade. I mean, when it started off, obviously having to face a penalty 15 minutes in wasn't a deal. But, you know, he, he came out, he punched a couple of times. Some people said it was unnecessary punching, but European keepers aren't really sort of known for their catching. Uh, they do like a punch. Um, he looked fairly assured. I think, you know, just generally it was quite nice to see him see a bit of a change uh i think maybe i had a bit more confidence in him just because i wanted him to do well whereas with bets obviously i do want him to do well and you know you know the other guy i've got his name now um fabry uh, fabry that's it <laughs> I don't think I don't, I don't think even he knows his name at the moment mate. Fabio, <laughs> but, no, he's, he's a model isn't it um, <laughs> so, and he, uh, yeah, just wanted, I wanted him to do well. I wanted us to sort of get, you know, sort of stop conceding goals. If that was the thing that was going to do it, great. I think maybe sort of putting all the blame on the keeper isn't the way to do it. But I do think it needed a bit of freshening up just to see if it would work. And, you know, he's changed the lineup so much recently. He might as well change the keeper a few times as well. Just for sort of good measure. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Will we see him in the next league game? Probably. I think he might get a run of two, maybe three or four games now. Um, I think we'll probably see Fabio in the League Cup. Not Fabio, Fabri. Fabri. (laughs) Fabri. (laughs) Probably see him up at um, uh, Man City on Thursday. But uh, yeah, well, I think we'll get a bit of a a taste of Rico for a bit now. All right, very good. And uh, Mark, I'm going to go to you with this. Um, So Bettinelli got a contract extension till, I believe, 2021, just a few days ago. Was this a really stupid decision by Slav to then suddenly give Rico the main number one shirt, as it were, for this game? It it was bizarre, wasn't it? I I couldn't Mm. quite believe it. And and as a lot of fans know now, uh, Bettinelli has got a kind of superstition that he posts on Instagram the night before the game if he's going to start. And if there's no post, we know he's not going to start. So Mm. there was a bit of a, you know, uh, a, a hush of, of, of silence, a kind of intake of breath when everyone was kind of thinking, is he going to post tonight or or are we going to, you know, change the keeper, you know, just one day after he signed a long-term contract? I think it would have made for a bit of an awkward conversation between Betts and Slav if they even had that conversation uh, when he rewarded him with that contract and then said, oh, but by the way, you, you, you dropped. Uh, it, it, it's a bit of a weird one. Benelli's gone through it all. 
uh, he, he's played second fiddle to David Button in the championship and he's started games in the Premier League. You know, this guy isn't going to get phased. Um, I hope it doesn't knock his confidence and I, I and surely I don't think it will. But it was definitely just another strange decision. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I, I wish I was a fly on the wall in the room when, when that when that conversation happened, if it did. Because yes. for me, when, when, when we all saw it was Fabry, I think there was a, a kind of mix of emotions. First off, Everyone was happy to see Fabry come into the team and, and thought, yeah, this is, you know, a good chance. Maybe it will help help us out, like Morgan said. But on the other hand, it, it did feel like another kick in the teeth to Betts, similar to how we we started the season and, and, and Betts didn't go straight into the starting eleven. So it, it, it was a weird one. Yeah, for sure. I think I think I think Fabry's gonna be delighted to hear that he started. <laughs> yeah. God, I just I, I, all those Turkish fans must be wanting to kill all of us right now. <laughs> just you know, the yeah, front yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at his uh, Twitter feed and all the Besiktas fans going, said, "Hey, come back, we love you, we love you." And it's just like he's posting <laughs> photos from Hyde Park, going, "Hey, nice day with the family." It's like, yeah, oh, I saw that. Yeah. Oh dear. And and uh, Mark, you were saying talking about flies in the wall. Um, I would like to be a fly in the wall to listen to what all the team had to say about. Abubakar Kamara, AK-47, because, I mean, even on Match of the Day, this guy was getting the biggest abuse. And I remember on the, looking at the Fulham Focus uh, WhatsApp group, just all of you guys, your, yourself included, Morgan, just shouting, stop diving. I mean, we, we love Kamara for his passion, and we, we love the fact that he gives his all, but sometimes it's just really wrong. <laughs> I mean, surely he has to stay on his feet and not dive all the time. He clearly likes scuba a bit too much. What do you think, Morgan? <laughs> Uh, I mean, as I said, you know, I've got a note next to sort of uh, here and it just says twat. Um, <laughs> I just, I hate diving. I think it's abhorrent. I, I just want it sort of taken out of the game. You know, I, I think Jermaine Jean that said, you know, um, you know, three game ban for diving. I'm, I'm fully supporting that. I don't care if he plays for us or he doesn't play for us. I hate diving in games. And the mm. fact is, he even pulled the pained face. Um, so you, your attention was drawn to his face when he went down. And then you watch the, the replay and then it's just like, actually, no, Begovic was about six inches away from him when he went down. And it's like, well, why are you doing that? You were sort of, all you had to do was go around him and put the ball in the net. Maybe he didn't have enough confidence himself to actually do it. And, you know, and so, well, the easiest thing to do is fling myself on the floor and hopefully the ref will sort of give a pen. Um, mm. but thank, I, you know, obviously I would have loved to have had a penalty, but I think it serves him right that it wasn't given. Um, and it just, it just raising the point again. I mean, we've been saying for a while that uh, he's, you know, he's a rough diamond, and he's clearly, you know, he's not the finished article. But at what point do we just accept that he's not very good? Yeah, it's a bit like watching sort of Usain Bolt play football. He's got the first touch of a trampoline, and mm. it's just when you <laughs> see it, and it's just like. Okay, I get it in the championship. You'd see someone of his size running at you. You might say, oh, shit, get out of the way. But in the premiership, you know, players see him and they see that he hasn't got that sort of meticulous touch they're used to seeing. And they just deal with him. It doesn't matter about his size. So unless they improve him, you know, on an individual training basis and get his touch up, get his sort of finesse up, we'd basically be just left with a big lump. That you know is going to fall over every now and then, and yeah. you know it probably didn't help that he was playing out of position. Um, you know maybe he can play right forward, but right winger, no, it didn't work at all. Um, so you know it, it is what it is. I think he shouldn't have started. I don't think we'll see that again for a while. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I seem to notice that a lot of our a lot of our squad members now are getting crossed off, like the list from Kill Bill at the moment. You have Callum Chambers, never again. And now it's Uber, uh, now it's AK-47 again. Uh, Mark, uh, what, what are your thoughts on Kamara here? I mean, is there potential for him to return or is he just not good enough at all and just time to call it a day? Well, there's, there's not really much I could say that Morgan hasn't said already, to be honest. But Yeah, fair enough. Um, the, the one thing I will add is, you know, you mentioned it uh, in your intro for him. The one thing that AK endears himself along with the fans is his work rate. And that is the one thing we love him for. And I didn't see enough of it on Saturday amongst all the, the diving and, you know, being out of position. I just didn't see him run enough. There, there wasn't the desire to get forward. There weren't overlapping runs and that can't be put down to tactics. There's no chance in hell that Slav has told him to do that. 
I just thought it was an all-round very poor performance. And like we said, they they, they rightly scrutinised him on match of the day. Mm. I think if we start him again in the next game, I, 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 it wouldn't. Would it surprise me? Probably not, because of how Slav likes to play this team. But yeah, I I I sincerely hope if if he features again for us in a starting berth, that you know uh, he really bucks up his ideas. It it wouldn't surprise me maybe if he if he was featured against Man City just to kind of give him. You know, one last game before we completely throw him out into the cold for the for the winter months. But other than that, yeah, uh, it was just a poor performance, wasn't it? There, there, there's there's no you know going around that. It, it was just horrendous to watch. Yeah, I mean the poor performances from everyone. It was like watching children out there. And I'm not speaking of children. Oh, McDonald had a mare, E-I-E-I-O. I mean, Morgan did he deserve both bookings? He was an absolute, I mean, headless chicken or what? Oh yeah, no, he was. Uh, he both of those were bookings on their own. I mean, the first one was straight out. Of the uh, he looked like he'd been sort of uh, doing the Steftro shithouse tackling, yeah, uh, routine, uh, which sounds you know shithouse tackling with Steftro sounds like a sort of Alan Partridge TV idea. But he's just it just I just watched it and I was just like oh he's so out of his depth. I mean, it wasn't even sort of it was not it wasn't even at the halfway line. You know, he just sort of decided well I'm not going to get back. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to him out. Um, you know, the second one, okay, he was playing centre back by that point. Again, just got done. And yeah, and that was it. And two bookings, yeah, off you go. Uh, and unfortunately, I think we found that point. And I, I think we knew it already coming into this season. We knew where K Max limitations were. And I think we've certainly sort of been proven um, that, this is, that this is the case. Uh, fantastic servant to the club fantastic player in the championship but the premier league is just exponentially better than what we saw last year and you know you've got him and he just hasn't got the pace players who haven't got the pace generally have something else that make up for it i mean for example michael carrick never had any pace but he just had that quality that set yeah. him apart from you know other defensive midfielders and uh, unfortunately uh k-mac is devoid of that but you know Maybe it was just a bad game, but I kind of feel his appearances may be few and far between. Although if we keep saying that about every player, we might be playing a five-side team uh, by yeah. by the end of uh, November. So we, we shall see. But I think what now that Kearney's coming back, hopefully, touch wood, he's uh, not aggravated anything in that half an hour uh, appearance. Well, but, you know, hopefully we'll be seeing more of him. Well, absolutely. And that moves it on beautifully because as soon as Kearney came on, it gave the crowd a lift and he seemed... We seemed to be good for a little while while Kenny was back on. I mean, it, it's got to be good having him back, don't you think, Mark? Because I've noticed that as soon as Kenny was on, Seri unlocked a little bit and it just made a huge amount of difference, even though limited amount of time. Yeah, I mean, if if anything, it's more heartbreaking seeing that because it mm. just goes to show how one player just completely transforms us. I thought the timing of their second goal was was so key for them. Uh, it just knocked the stuffing out of us. We, like you said, as soon as Kearney came on, you know, the crowd, the, even the Hammy, lulled into silence for for a period of ten minutes or so. And as soon as Kearney came back on, you know, everyone was in good spirits again. We started playing well. We were. Uh, playing the ball uh, uh, to the wings quickly. There was moments where we played it to the right-hand side and uh, there was, you know, one-on-one or two-on-two. And so what we did is we recycled the ball back to the midfield and then we hit it back to the right-hand side. And there was moments, you know, where we had, you know, a a good good time to cross with, 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 if the delivery was better, you know, we could have made something happen. But... The, the timing of that Bournemouth second goal hitting us on the counter, we we wasn't too much we could have done about it uh, in my eyes. Um, such is the credit to that Bournemouth squad. But like you said, when Kenny came back on, it just it felt like we finally had a bit of you know that championship finesse that we had so much of last year. Um, so you know, I really hope like we, when he comes back into the squad in a starting role that we can kind of kick on from there. And like you said, Seri did look very well, uh, very well, very good, rather, when when he was uh, partnered alongside Kearney. It, it just, you know, y- you wonder now, uh, are we going to suffer because of K-Max sending off just in, in fact of squad depth? Mm. Uh, is Zambo going to start uh, or are we going to, you know, go back to Stefan Johansson? Uh, <laughs> God forbid. Um, so I, I guess we're just going to have to see what happens, as is always the case. Slavil players bingo, and I'm sure... It, Surely it's got to come good at some point. Surely Huddersfield away, it's 
please. We just, we need something. We absolutely do. And I'm just going to move this on now to just more serious matters. Uh, Morgan, are we in, we're in a serious relegation scrap, aren't we? There are, there are people out there who are just incredibly glass half full and just being very sort of like, we'll be fine. It's November. But I, I feel so doom and gloom right now. And it's justified, right? Yeah, I mean, it's justified because we're playing so poorly at the moment. Right. We're seeing the goals left, right, centre, high, low, everywhere. And, you know, we'd be naive and somewhat arrogant to say that we're not in a relegation fight. Um, the thing is, does a relegation fight start until February? You know, or is it, or is it underway now? As, you know, we pointed out we're only three points off 13th. As someone else pointed out, it'll take eight games to get those three points. And, you know, we are, if we don't, buck up our act we will be down there at christmas and you know everyone knows once you're down there at christmas it's very hard to come back up from that so i think yes we are in a relegation fight um in the sense that we are playing that badly and we are in the bottom three but you know it's it's nothing we can't get out of from the point of view of points um we just need to sort of uh, make sure that we're not down there come sort of the end of the year yeah exactly and I mean, Mark, what, what do you think is going wrong here? I mean, really, what do you think is the actual source of the problems? Because there are things that we did last season that obviously went beautifully that are no longer existent. And obviously, we don't have a consistent team selection. That goes without saying. It's pretty bloody obvious from every single week. But do you have any idea? Is it the fact that these players don't believe in Slavica's, uh, Slavica's formation anymore? Or do you think it's to do they're just not good enough? Where do, where do you, what's your take on this? What, what can we do? I don't think it's that they're not good enough. And I don't think it's because they don't believe in the, um, in, in the plan that Slavica is putting through. Mm. Um, honestly, it, it is so difficult, the Premier League. We know that. Um, and if anything, since we were relegated last and, and have come back up, the Premier League's only got more competitive and, and it's become a lot more fiercely... Um, you know, um, uh, driven by all the different teams. It, 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 we know it's hard. You need certain things to survive in the Premier League. And however much we can say it, consistency is so important. Not only that, the quality of your consistency is something that we need to really focus on here. I, I think no matter what, we can we can go through every game of the season with a different starting eleven, uh, and we can pull results out of the bag if we have the quality uh, and if we have the right game plan. But at the moment, it, it's it's just it's just not falling for us, is it? I mean, we started the season, we were worried that because we didn't have Tim Ream. We were worried that Alfie Mawson wasn't coming in. Now Tim Ream's back. Now Alfie Mawson's back. It's still going on. So so we, we ask ourselves, what is the problem? It, it's a number of things. I, I'm worried chiefly because of how the players are playing at the moment with their heads down. We're not expecting to get results. I mean, Bournemouth at home, with no disrespect to Bournemouth, that's a result that you think you need to pick up points in and that we should pick up points in, especially with the quality of the players we've got as well. So it, it, it's, it's a case of going into our next set of fixtures and trying to have that belief and trying to have that know-how to see out games and, and not you know succumb to this kind of second-half syndrome that, that we've got going on at the moment where we start games well and we start maybe not on the front foot, but you know we get ourselves into good positions and then we throw it all away in the second half. It, it's not a case of fitness because we can keep up with these teams. It is just a case of, you know, confidence. Uh, and unfortunately, that comes with winning games. And to get yourself out of a rut of, of defeats, the only way you can do it is with a win. So if this Huddersfield game, you know, it, it could be placed perfectly for us, especially with the run of fixtures we've got afterwards. We're going to Anfield straight after that game, yeah. which, you know, none of us are looking forward to that. Uh, but if we can pick up a good result against Huddersfield... Uh, and kind of try and get our season back on track. There's nothing to say we can't go to Anfield and get a result. I sound crazy just saying that. But, you know, we, we have to try and believe. And that's what the players have got to do as well. They have to try and get their heads up. They have to try and, you know, search for that all-important goal. It could come from anywhere and, and we'll take any kind of goal right now. But we've just got to try and, you know, get ahead and stay ahead. That's It's so important. But it's difficult to pinpoint, isn't it? It, it, it sounds crazy trying to justify how to get in in front in a game of football because it, it does seem so simple but when you're out on that pitch and you know you've got thousands of people really really hoping that you can just get a result it, it can be anything but simple so you can't pinpoint it but we've just got to try and you know take the rough with the smooth and and 
like I said, Huddersfield provides us with probably the, the best chance we're going to get at the moment. It's probably the, the team, if you're going to play away from home, Huddersfield is the only place you're going to want to go to. They haven't scored a single goal at home so far this season, which, you know, means they will score against us. Um, oh, of course. Yeah. We, absolutely. It's just the Harry Kane effect all over again. Um, but like we said, we've just got to try and go for it, haven't we? There's nothing more you can say to that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Khan's program notes. Um, Morgan, do you think Shahid Khan's shot himself in the foot here? Because, I mean, he says he's astonished by some of the reports going out. But I mean, I don't think astonished is the word that he should be using, especially after the Bournemouth game. I mean, I, I don't know how long Slav really has here. I mean, he keeps making terrible substitutions. Uh, he says he's worked on defending for a week, um, but clearly hasn't really worked. I mean, What's your take on this? I mean, has Khan made it very difficult for to, to sack Slavica now? Not that we want that, because we all love Slavica, but if, if history shows us anything, I mean, you know, if you can sack Claudio Ranieri the year after winning the Premier League, you can certainly sack, sack Slavica. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't think he made it difficult for himself. I think he did exactly what a chairman should do, and that is back the manager, right. um, you know, publicly. Uh, you know, after then, then, don't forget that was before the Bournemouth game. We didn't know that we were going to absolutely stink up the place for yeah. 90. And so I think it was very good of him to sort of come out and sort of say, well, the reports that you've read or heard or Craig Klein's tweeted about um, are absolute rubbish. You know, the we fully believe this is the right man to take us forward. And so, yeah, no, I was perfectly happy for him to write that yeah, in terms of, you know, could we fire... Slavita, I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, if results don't start going the right way and we're not losing games, unluckily, we're really being turned over. Um, and there's only so much you can take of that before it goes, well, actually, you know, yes, we back you. Yes, we love you for what you've done, but this can't go on. Um, I'm kind of sort of likening it to a sort of, you know, relationship that's turning sour. I mean, in this case, Slav is your very hairy missus. Mm. And you know it's not working out. Uh you can't see how it's going to get any better. We've got lovely memories together and you've built something solid over the last few years. But you're thinking this has got to, you know, this has got to end. Uh, you are worried. Uh, she might take the dog, Mitro in this case. But, you know, what do you do? I mean, you can't sort of let it carry on in the same vein for ever and ever amen. You just kind of have to go at one point. If it hasn't improved by, let's say, the end of November, then we're going to have to sort of say, OK, you know. He's got Allardyce on speed dial. <laughs> yeah, not I'm saying that uh, he should be the one to replace it, but you know we do have to think outside of the emotional state. I think. Yeah, and Mark, do you? I mean, how percentage? How how safe do you think Slavisa's job is at the moment? I mean, is is the Huddersfield game enough? Because I don't think we're necessarily proving anything. We're not proving enough a big enough point. Even if we win now, we should have you know done some serious business in the last two games already. As a percentage, it's difficult to give, isn't it? Um, after Khan's wow. notes in the in the in the program, you, you, you'd think it's quite you know a low percentage of chance of him getting getting the sack. Um, myself, I I, don't, I hate to see managers get sacked, especially in such a high profile job as the Premier League. Um, you can't put a, a price on on how important a, a coach's role is inside a club uh, after being there for uh, so so many years. So it, it it's kind of it feels futile to, to to change a manager at this time of the season for for me anyway. Um, you do kind of get that um, weird kind of hoodoo when a new manager comes in. It can work against you. Or it can work with you. Where players just naturally pick themselves up because they feel it's like a fresh era, uh, and then the results do start to come, and you think, okay, maybe we've made the right choice here. But at the end of the day, you know those players are Slavica's players, even if we you know don't believe he had a hand in all of them coming to the club. And the work that he's doing is all his own work. Uh, I feel like, you know, I firmly back him and, and I'd like to see him stay. I understand the point, you know, when we're not losing games narrowly, we are getting well beaten. But we've just got to kind of hold on, I think. Uh, I, I know you said about the Huddersfield game and is, it, is that going to be enough? But it has to be. I, I feel like changing our manager. And another thing as well, the, the, the very fact that obviously no none of the Fulham fans have said anything about Sam Allardyce. It kind of got thrusted upon us in the media. Yeah. That apparently he was our saviour. I don't know where that came from because I don't certainly know nobody that said that. Um, but the very upsetting thing is that once that word gets out there that, so let's say, Sam Allardyce has been kind of, you know, thrown around the ring a little bit, that does 
that speaks a thousand words. If Slavisa does get the chop, you know, Sam Allardyce will instantly become the favourite for the job. And just becoming the favourite of the job, even if no one's talking about it, just becoming the favourite will put him in place. And the club will see that and think, oh, maybe we should go for him just because the media are saying it, which is uh, always a, a horrible thing to do because you'd like to think they'd, they'd look at it, you know, uh, completely unbiasedly and, 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 and go with the right appointment, not that, you know, Shahid Khan's had the best time in appointing managers before we hit gold with Slavisa. And I just don't think we should give him up that easily. I, I, I think we need to give him time. I think January transfer window could be important for us again. I pray that we get a bit of financial backing, which sounds so greedy after the summer we've had, but we need it. Um, so it, I, I don't want to see him go. And I think, I hope and think he has got the time. I don't think Shahid Khan would be that trigger happy to, to fire him, considering the relationship they've got. Yeah, here, 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 here. And I, we, we all want Slavica to stay. We really do. But time is seriously running out. And this is a results business, as we all know. And I just, I just really hope he can turn it around. Uh, Morgan, your Slavisfaction rating out of 10, please. Overall or from this season? Oh, God. Um, let's do, um, let's, let's just do for the game. Uh, for the game? Oh, for mm. the game. Uh, I'll give him a two. Um, I don't know what yeah. it was up to. You know, team selection was questionable. Uh, substitutions were just bizarre. And not taking Kamara off at all uh, was just outright uh, wrong. So, yeah, no, I think he's lucky to get a two just because I'm not being mean. I agree. I, I, I would go with two. And Mark, what's your rating for him, mate? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double both of your scores and give him a four. Uh, only because Why? I feel like that. Still, like the, the the McDonald red card forced his hand. There's a, there's a difficult situation there when a player gets sent off. Uh, I I think that gives Slavy so a little bit of a free pass uh, on that substitutions afterwards. Um, and and then the team lineup. I don't think before the game, no one was calling for his head because of that team lineup. It wasn't a a crazy one. Uh, it was mm. just a bit different, and a bit different is what we're kind of used to at the moment. So. You know, I, I don't entirely blame him for the result. I think, you know, the players are a lot more to blame than Slavisa in this occasion. So I, I don't want to be too harsh and give him a two like you two. But uh, I'll, I'll double it and give him a four. All right, fair enough. And well, let's hope that his rating can go up after the next game. All right, well, that's a wrap for our reaction to the Bournemouth game. After this, we have a lovely little quiz for you. Fulham. And welcome back to the Fulham Focus podcast. Now it's time to get a little bit quizzical. Now, we're going to start with... I think we'll start with Mark on this one. And just for everyone to know, it is 18 points that you can reach if you are one of my co-hosts. But if you're playing along at home, you can reach a maximum of 28 points. 28 points. Have your pens at the ready. Now, so these are open for all of you. These ones is the general knowledge round. So round one. And Mark, I'm going to go with you first. So, question one. Guess the figure. The last two championship playoff finals have seen both Fulham and Huddersfield promoted to the Premier League. Fulham v Aston Villa had a capacity at Wembley of 85,243. Huddersfield v Reading was less. But what was the difference in attendances? Um, I'm just going to stab and say the difference was 7,500. Bloody hell. Right. 7,500. And the question goes on to you, Morgan. Uh, I'm going to go with 3,500. You are wrong, Morgan. You are right, Mark. Just about. The answer is 8,561. 8,561. My God. So (laughs) the attendance was, in fact, 76,682. So that is a point for Mark and nil to Morgan. Right. Question two. Wait. Well done. Question two. In 2016, we battered Huddersfield 5-0 at the Cottage. Of the four goal scorers that day, only Kevin McDonald is still at the club. Name one of the three on the score sheet for the Whites that day. And Morgan, I'll go to you with this one. I will go with Ojo. We're going with Ojo. And for you, Mark. I will go with Chris Martin. Chris Martin is exactly right. He scored two goals and the other two goal scorers were Lucas Piazon and Thomas Callas. So unfortunately, <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry, Morgan. Unfortunately, you haven't got a point there either. Right. 
<laughs> I know, I'm sure. Like, question three. Our last visit to the John Smith Stadium in April 2017 ended in a 4-1 victory. Or 1-4, considering we were at John Smith. But it was the Terriers who took an early lead through a penalty just after four minutes. Which Fulham player committed the foul for the ref to point to the spot? And Morgan, I'll go to you. Was it A, Stefan Johansson, B, Sonia Luko, C, Floyd Ayite, or D, Niskins Cabana? Oh, um, mm. I'm going to say Floyd Ayite. Floyd Ayite. And for you, Mark? Can I, can I have him again? Because it was Steph Joe, Floyd Ayite, Cabano, and who else? Aluko. Aluko. Um, I'll go with Steph Joe, the, the shit house. It was not Steph Joe, unfortunately. You don't get a point ah. there, Mark. But it was, in fact, Ayite. Well done, Morgan. Excellent. Ooh. So Mark is on two. Morgan is on one. Right. Question four. Guess the figure. Love this one. One of the Fulham goals that day also came via the penalty spot thanks to our skipper, Tom Kearney. Fulham had a dreadful run of missing penalties during that 2016-17 campaign. God. Of the 13 penalties we were awarded, how many did we miss? Great question. And I'll go to you, Mark, for that one. How many penalties did we miss? I'll say nine. You're going for nine out of 13. Okay. And for you, Morgan? Oh, I was going to say that, but I think I'll go for 10. You should have gone with that. It was, in fact, nine. No. <laughs> so, Mark, you are on three. Morgan, you are on one. Right. Okay. We have now reached round two. It's getting serious. This is the back and forth round. So you all, you both have five guesses each. And I will say the question now. Speaking of penalties, name the 14 players that have scored a penalty for Fulham in the Premier League. So back and forth, five guesses each. I will start with you, Morgan. Helgerson. That is correct. Haydar Helgerson took four and scored four. Well done, Morgan. Now, Mark, on to you. Your player, please. Uh, Dimitar Berbatov. That is correct. He scored six out of six. Now, you, Morgan, sir. Danny Murphy. Danny Murphy. That is correct. He took 13 and scored 12. And for you, Mark, sir. Uh, I'm going to go with Clint Dempsey. But of course, he took four and scored two. And for you, Morgan's up. I shall go with Louis Saha. Louis Saha? Louis Saha. Calling Louis Saha. That is correct. He took six and scored five. And for you, Mark, sir. Uh, Mr. McBride, I'll go with. Stand by. Mr. McBride is not on the list. I'm sorry, oh. you've missed out on a point there, sir. And Morgan, your third guess, please. Uh, I will go with Andy Johnson. Oh, is this your fourth guess, actually? I beg your pardon. Is this your fourth or fifth? Third. Uh, third. Third. Okay, thank you. Andy thank Johnson. You. Andy Johnson. Ruling Andy Johnson. Nope, Andy Johnson is not on the list, unfortunately. Really? I'm so sorry. And for you, Mark. <laughs> next... I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, Bobby Zamora that is correct he took two and scored two with different feet now <laughs> Morgan now it's on to you your fourth uh, I am going to go with Steve Sidwell Stephen Sidwell that is correct he took one and scored one Mark um, I will go with Zoltan Gera Zoltan Gera He's not on the list. Unfortunately, he did not score a penalty rest while in the Premier League. Morgan, your final guess. Name a player. I'm going to go... Steve Marley. Steve Marley. That is correct. He took two and scored one. Excellent. So that is your final guess. And Mark, your final guess, please, sir. I'm going to throw a curveball and I hope Ooh. I'm right. Ooh. Pavel Pogrebniak. Tense. He's not on the list. Oh. He's not on the list. I'm sorry, because Pablo Greniak did score that perfect hat-trick, though. I do remember that. But unfortunately, he has not scored a penalty in the Premier League. Bro. Excellent. Excellent. So, with all that said, Morgan is on one, two, three, four, five points. And Mark is on one, two, three, four, five, six points. Six, five. This is close. This is close. Right. Round three. This is a new feature that we've done. 
And this is called That's Not My Name. Now, there are five points available here, and you both have a chance to guess each one. Now, are the following five people, names of players who have played for Fulham, are professional footballers elsewhere, or have we just made them up? All right. So, I'm going to go to you, Mark, first. Now, I'm going to name this player's name, and you tell me whether it's made up, a professional footballer, or a Fulham footballer. All right? Okay. Number one, Mark Deman. Mark Deman. Well, it's what I like to call myself. Um, I'm going to say he's a professional footballer. And for you, Morgan? I'm going to say he's made up. Unfortunately, you are wrong, Morgan. He is a professional oh. footballer. He is a Belgian international with five caps, and he started at Anderlecht in 2002 and currently plays for Stade Beerbeek. I think I pronounced that right, but yeah, sure. Okay. It looks like Mark is the man. <laughs> he is indeed. I'm now, sorry. I'm sorry. No, well done. Well done, you. Now, <laughs> second, <laughs> right, second name. Morgan, this is for you. Willie Goldie. He's just a professional footballer. All right. And for you, Mark? I'm going to say that's made up. You are both wrong. He is an, he is an ex-Fulham player from 1904 oh to God. 1908. <laughs> 178 appearances with five goals. Oh, Never mind, lads. Right, here we go. Number three. This is for you, Mark. Glenn Brazier. Brazier as in Brassier. I'm, I'm going to say that's made up. <laughs> If you like, okay. And for you, Morgan? It just sounds like someone's misspelled Gary Brazil, so I'm going to go made up as well. <laughs> you are both correct. It's completely made up. <laughs> and, and now, here we go. Uh, this is another name for you, and this will go to you, Morgan. Ralph Minge. I'm going to say professional footballer. Professional footballer. And for you, Mark? It is too good to be true, so I'm going to say professional footballer. You are both correct. It is a professional footballer. And that is the reason <laughs> yes, why we felt safe with having that name on. He is a German striker, capped 36 times with eight goals, and he played between 1978 to 1991. All right. You know we had a cracking perm as well. <laughs> First, right, final one. And this is for you, Mark, I believe. Yes, or is it Morgan? Yeah, that's for me. Yes, okay, Mark. Perry Pooch. Perry Pooch. Um, Perry Pooch. I'm, I'm going to go with made up. Okay. Morgan? I'm going to, well, purely on the basis that we <laughs> haven't gonna had be a Fulham player, so I'm going to go he played for us. No, please don't. <laughs> he is completely and utterly made up. Oh, well. <laughs> no, he definitely played. Come on. <laughs> All right. That's the end of that round. So Mark is on 10 and Morgan is on 7. Now we are going to do a feature called Guess the Player, round 4. Now I'm going to list out some facts, 10 of them to be precise, about a certain Fulham player. And you can get a certain amount of points the earlier you get. So I'm going to list out certain facts very slowly. And bear in mind, if one of you call out too early and get it wrong, you are then frozen out. Are you ready? Ready. Yep. This could be decisive for 7-10. It's a close call. All right. Fact number one. Here we go. This player is 5'9 tall. 5'9 tall. Fact number two. He has 13 caps for his country. Fact number three. He made exactly 100 appearances for the club in all competitions. Okay. Number four. Since Louis Boa Morte left the club in January 2007, only Clint Dempsey has scored more goals for the club. Fact number five. He is one of the top ten most expensive signings in our history. Oh, I'll have a guess. Go on, Morgan. Andy Johnson? No, you are frozen out, sir. It is not Andy Johnson. <laughs> right. Do you want to take a guess or do you want to keep going, Mark, mate? Well, so is this the last round of the quiz? It is. You've already won, but do you want to just keep on listening to the facts? I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll let all ten facts go so that our listeners at home can play along. That's lovely. Good sport. Now, number six, he was born in Glasgow. Number seven, he was signed under Felix Magat. Number eight, Leeds United and Aston Villa. Number nine, he's currently playing in a land down under with Usain Bolt. And number ten, 
<laughs> he can't leave the house when his front gate breaks. So we all if think I, if we I got that, don't we? More clue, I would have got that. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark, you know who it is. May as well say it to finish it all off. It's Mr. Ross McCormack. It is Mr. Ross McCormack. So Mark, you have 11 points and Morgan... You narrowly defeated with seven points. So, Mark, nine. I thought I thought he was a bit taller than that. He's, apparently, uh, he's only five foot nine. I don't know. Guy. I mean, yeah. I don't know how Danny get. I mean, I don't know if Danny just called him up and said, "How tall are you?" But I, 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 <laughs> what's what they say? Um, so there you go. And uh, Mark, as a gift for this week's quiz, we are sending you a lovely, very, very big parcel, uh, second class, and it's just Mark covering them in a box. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy it. Um, and there you go. <laughs> All right, that's the quiz. And after this, we'll have some preview for the next one. Fulham. And welcome back to the Fulham Focus podcast. Now, we're going to have a quick Man City preview and then we'll move on to Huddersfield. Right, guys, not too much to say here other than Man City. Do we just throw this away or do we just actually play to us what strengths we actually have? What do you think, Morgan? Should we just throw out the reserves for this one? Uh, yeah, I think we need to sort of, um, you know, have a little bit of experience in there. But I think we've really got to be focusing on the Huddersfield game. So, you know, give a couple of our hungry youth players a go. Uh, ones that, you know, they've shown that sort of, um, you know, they can be quite decent. Uh, Delatore definitely. Uh, maybe get Steven Sessignon up there. You know, sort of, you know, say again, maybe even put Kamara in there. Just to sort of like give him a bit of uh, playtime before he uh, gets back on the bench. Mm. Um, but I think for the most part, we shouldn't be playing like the Mitros and the Sherlers and definitely not Kearney um, just yet. Um, so maybe you sort of have a little bit of sort of mixture of youth and experience, but definitely not the first team. Yes. And I think Harvey Elliott might have uh, signed his appearance away after a little Snapchat saying, honestly, fuck Fulham. Was that was that him? Do we know that? Or was it we, a... We, we, we don't know. So, I mean, I could get in trouble for saying that. Maybe, I don't know, if just for the F-bomb or for the fact I'm, I'm spreading lies. But it, it does seem that he, he did do it. And it I, let's just see. I, I, I hope it's wrong because, you know, we gave him a, a, record, a record debut for his age on a school night. So hopefully, hopefully yeah. I'm wrong. Um, right. And to you, Mark, any ideas of where, how we should approach the Man's City game? Just get it out of the way and focus on Huddersfield? Absolutely. I think we're kidding ourselves if we think we can even play our first team and get a result up there. Um, mm. But even if we, we you know, we, we manage to go 1-0 ahead, if if the gods allow it, they will just throw on uh, X amount of players from the bench that are, you know, incredible. I think, like you said, put the youth team out, hope that we can, you know, put in a, a respectable performance. If we get something from the game, incredible. If not, then it's not the end of the world. Focus on the Huddersfield game entirely. Exactly. So, Huddersfield, Huddersfield, Huddersfield. Morgan, what on earth do we do? What formation should we stick with? What, what do you think? If you were Slab's first team coach right now, what would you say? What would you say if you were Scott Parker right now? I wish I had less Spurs. <laughs> yes, I think, I, I think uh, for this one, we need to go back to what we know. We need to go back to the 4 one two, 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 whatever you want to call that formation, four three three. Um, I think we need to be getting Mawson in there. I think he must be fit by now. Mm. Um, you know, Thursday might actually be a good chance for him to sort of get some minutes under his belt. Um, I would stick with Rico. Um, I would possibly have Mawson and Reem at the back. Um, and hopefully, uh, I don't think Joe Bryan's going to be back, but <clears throat> I think we'd probably go with, um, oh, I don't know, do we go Lamarchand left back or do we go revert to Sessignon. I mean, I'm not, I'm still not convinced that he's a left winger, but a uh, left back, um, which he's not. Um, but, you know, is he the best of a bad bunch at the moment? Um, right back. God, do we go a doy or do we just, you know, give uh, Fosu another go? Uh, but I think in the centre, we need to be seeing Seri and Kearney with probably Big Frank just behind. Yes. Uh, I don't want to see Steph Joe again just yet. Um, I think we need to sort of, you know, give our really expensive guy a go. Uh, you know, it might be a chance for him to shine. We don't know. And then I think definitely Scherler. I'd go, I'd go back with Vieto on the right. I always thought he looked quite exciting when he was playing. Um, and then obviously Mitra up front. Um, and I think that's the sort of the best 11 that we probably have at the moment available. Um, I think... Uh, people saying Chambers was taken off and out of the squad. I think he got injured against Cardiff. That's why he came off at half time. 
bit of a niggle. I thought, that's what I heard anyway. Uh, it might be wrong. He might have just had a shocker and they just got rid of him. But I don't think it was completely uninjured, uh, uninjury-based. So, well, I think, yeah, I think that's the 11 I go with at the moment. And just hope, you know, in that sort of, in the week or so since the Bournemouth game that, you know, they've had a few defensive sessions, there's plenty of shape practice, you know, not to play so narrow as we did against Bournemouth. Yes. Uh, and you know, hopefully we can just open up uh, Huddersfield a bit because much like we are, they're there for the taking. So let's hope for the best that uh, we take them and they don't take us. All right, perfect. And Mark, Huddersfield, no goals at home so far and no wins this season. Surely this means they're going to absolutely destroy us, no? Yeah, I mean, I'm ready for the 3-0 Huddersfield win, mm. to be honest. Um, no, I, I, I agree with what Morgan said. Um, I do feel like uh, Cyrus Christie could come back into the team. Uh, I still really like him. I think he's a good mm. player. And I think he was um, wrongly uh, accused of uh, uh, in that game. Was it against Arsenal, the one where he uh, got attacked on match of the day? He um, did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I wouldn't mind him coming back into the side. Uh, again, as well, Dennis Adoy. Um, I don't really know where he fits into our team, uh, but I'd happily see him at right back if it meant we got Mawson back in the middle. I want to test him back out. Yeah, I'd like I, to I see think, Mawson. You know, yeah, exactly. I, th- I think you know we are on TV as well, so I I think that'll be a bit of added pressure. Um, so we need kind of experienced heads uh, in the team, and we need to go out and show what we can do and put out a statement. Uh, so I think we will go back to the four three three. And I think we will go for it. I think we well, we have to. There's there's no other option. Um, we've got to go for the win, and, we, and we've got to try our hardest. You know, Huddersfield are probably one of the only teams in the division that you know you you look at and and you can't you know look at them and and say that they've got an outstanding threat uh, that could really hurt us. Um, so we do have to kind of you know really be up for it and 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 really go for that win. And and if they hit us on the counter, we just got <laughs> fingers crossed that we can deal with it, which is all we can do as fans, I guess. Um, as far as training goes this week, um, obviously Slav needs to put a little bit of time aside for the uh, Man City game. I'm not sure if Huddersfield is still in the cup, so that that may bode well for them. Um, I'll have to check that, but we just need to really, really focus, and that we've got the whole weekend to prepare. and And, and I really, really hope he's looking at our defending because uh, he definitely hasn't been doing it for the last month. So, yeah, yeah, and I would actually going back to the formation. Uh, going back to what you were saying, Morgan, really briefly about uh, the left centre-back, I would actually put Lamarchon at left centre-back alongside Mawson. I feel like Lamarchon is actually I think that is actually going to be our best centre-back pairing, and I think Lareem has now been found incredibly wanting. Um, uh, what, I mean, just really quickly, your thoughts on Reem. Do you think he's just not quite adapted from his injury yet, after the lower back injury? Yeah, I think... Um... You know, we all had high hopes for him after his performances last season. Yes. Uh, he, he's not, you know, played well in time. He's kind of, he looks like he's doing the simple things wrong yes. a lot of the time. Uh, the balls aren't coming in the air to him like they were in the championship, which is what he dealt with, you know, so wonderfully for, you know, 46 games. And I think it's just kind of a little bit difficult for him at the moment. And I think he may not be fit again completely. You know, it's always hard to tell what the players are actually feeling. Yes. Um, but... I think maybe it wouldn't hurt to sort of give him a couple of uh, games rest just to recuperate. Uh, Lamachon Mawson at the back. Yeah, no, I'd go with that um, if we had a decent left back uh, in yes. play. Um, I think we need Joe Bryan back just because he knows the position. Absolutely. Um, you know, he did okay. You know, I don't think he was setting the world alight, but he was, you know, he was decent. Um, oh, I mean, so, in... you know, happy to see Absolutely. him back. I mean, in my opinion, I think Brian has potential to be even better than Matty Target, but no one seems to believe me on that. But I, I really do. Um, he did not m- too much wrong when he played for us, and he set up some really nice goals. Yeah. So it could be, it could, you never know, it could be the missing link. We shall see. But we live to fight, or we live to die another day, and hopefully we won't, we won't come back empty-handed after this one on bonfire night. So, all right, guys, uh, very good, very good, very good pod i think actually we've managed to sort of avoid talking about how awful our defense is too much and actually spoken about some things that haven't been touched up on enough so bravo bravo and uh as before we go any tips for fantasy from my review mark any tips for fantasy football at all um even though i'm you know not in the best uh, position to be offering out fantasy tips i had probably the worst three weeks of my fantasy career i did put 
Mr. Brooks into the team uh, as he was coming up to uh, against us. And as we all know, he did score against us, which although I felt bad doing it, but, you know, sometimes you've you got to make those decisions. Um, for me, I'd make sure you get Richarlison in your team now. He's back in. He's been playing really, really well. Uh, they had Everton away, which was... Uh, uh, they, sorry, <laughs> they had Manchester United away, which was uh, difficult. But they've got Brighton at home at Goodison. Uh, and Richarlison has really impressed me this season. So stick him in your teams. Uh, he's relatively cheap. I think he's only 6.8 million. Uh, and he should get you some points. And if he doesn't, you can tweet me and tell me I'm wrong. All right, good man. I'm actually... 67th in the league i'm doing frightfully well and i have to say it's all thanks to martial who i'm going to recommend for the next week's games because he has suddenly just come on fire with form um morgan any any tips from you finally before we leave sir yeah don't replace milijevic with uh ozil just before they play each other <laughs> all right. uh, because that really goes badly um i've I, don't, I mean this is the thing i love uh playing fancy but i sort of i don't really put enough thought into it and I had a really good week last week. This week, not so good. And uh, I think, who did I bring in? I brought in, oh, I can't even remember. Uh, but I did Captain Pereira at the weekend, which was quite nice. Oh, nice one. Yeah, he's doing all right. Well, guys, great show. Great show. And uh, just to everyone listening at home, just thank you for listening. And uh, please don't forget to subscribe and raise on iTunes and tell all your friends about us, of course. And uh, let's just hope, guys, that we'll have something fun to talk about on Bump by Night. And uh, let's just see how that goes. And that is goodbye from me. And that is goodbye from Morgan. Goodbye. All right, sir. And that is goodbye from Mark. Goodbye. Lovely stuff. See you soon.